Hello, everybody, and welcome to Every Talk, where every conversation is about real shit. Right now, you are tuning into episode six. For all my new listeners, what's up? Welcome, welcome, welcome. For my returning peeps, love you, love you, love you. Um, so this this episode is going to be a continuation of uh, episode five. But I felt like I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Um, so I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit and then get back to where um, episodes five um, started off in regards to how I started feeling the way I feel. And in order for me to do that, I have to tell you about my best friend, my my, my mom, um, the person that, you know, I idolize and, you know, listen, 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 you know, whenever God decides to take me home, of course, I don't want to leave my kids, my grandkids, my grandkid as of right now, but, you know, I want to live a long and prosperous life. I want to see my grandchildren, my great grandchildren. I want to have all my scruples as I'm growing older as well, but Whenever he does decide to call me home, I know I'm going to see my mom and I'm going to be just, just, just happy to see her. You know what I mean? And if you looked, if you listened to my live on Instagram, you know, my mom and I are going to, you know, haunt my children. It's going to be priceless. It's going to be comical. Trust me. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to haunt them in a good way, but they're going to know I'm there always. All right. So. Usually I write stuff down that I'm going to talk with you guys about and topics and things like that. But right now I'm just winging it. I don't know if you could tell, but that's where I'm at with it. So my mom was the oldest of seven children. Um, She was born in Puerto Rico and she was about five feet tall, uh, small Latina woman with an inch heel. You know what I mean? She was one of the strongest women I know. And another reason why I want to kind of bring you back to bring you forward is because also Mother's Day is coming up. So what better way not to tell you, what better way to express who I am, how I overcome any of my obstacles, including the feelings that I have felt that established the day that my mom's died by bringing you back to my mom. So that's where I'm at with it. So As I mentioned, she was the oldest of seven children. She was born in Puerto Rico. And, you know, one of the things I can say about my mom was my mom was an open book with me. It was like she can talk to me about any life trials and tribulations that she has endured and and, and then speak it to me where I can understand. (sighs) My mom was definitely my best friend, you know. Anytime I got in trouble, it wasn't do as I say or anything like that. You know, I got in trouble and she spoke to me. She she actually spoke to me. Yeah, okay, all right. It was after the ass whooping, but neither here nor there. She spoke to me. <laughs> Listen, I believe in that, okay? I believe there's a dif- difference between discipline and abuse. I was raised on ass whooping. But I'll tell you this. The first time I ever had a tantrum, wherever the fuck I had that tantrum is the place that she beat my ass and I ain't never had a tantrum before. First time I sucked my teeth, she split my lip. I never sucked my teeth no more. It came to the point where, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but when your mom gave you that look, man, listen, she ain't had 
not to hit you no more. She gave you the look of death. You know what I mean? So whatever you thought you was doing that wasn't wrong, you stopped it. It didn't matter what you thought. She gave you the look. You know what I mean? So my mom was a definitely a disciplinary, but she also was my best friend. Um, there was times where, you know, she expressed to me why she left Puerto Rico and, you know, that my grandmother was an alcoholic and her father, um, her biological father used to beat my grandmother. And, um, I guess my grandmother must've met someone else and, you know, he tried to have sex with my mom and my mom stabbed him. And when she told my grandmother, she didn't believe her. Now... I want to just stop there for a minute. I never got that in my life that if my child comes to me and says, I don't give a fuck who it is. My husband, her father, a stepfather, a brother, a cousin, an uncle. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to always take my child's word for it. Okay. It's just what it is. In this, in this situation, she didn't. And she kicked my mom out. Now, I don't know. My mom was always a resilient person. So she left Puerto Rico and ended up in Brooklyn, New York. Amazing, right? She was amazing. She really was. But I often remember, you know, we lived, we, I was born and raised, I was born in Brooklyn. Um, and we lived in Hancock and Harvey. And it was back then, it was a beautiful brownstone. Back then, brownstones wasn't like how it is now, but... It was a beautiful brownstone. I mean, it was the best, you know. It was kids being kids. It was a village that raised a child. Whenever I did something and my mom wasn't around, my neighbors got me. They held me down until my mom got me. I mean, you couldn't do shit, okay? Because back then, that's how it was. It took a village to raise a child, and that's what we had. It was fun. It was carefree. It was beautiful. And for a long period of time, it was just my mom and I, you know, and she was my best friend. I mean, ah, man, she was definitely my best friend. I miss her so, so, so much. So for a time being, life was gravy. Life was beautiful. Life was just, you know, playing hopscotch and and, and freeze tag and mother may I. I don't know if y'all youngins know about those games, but I do. Manhunt. Yeah, <laughs> we used to play those games and we had a penny store. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had a fucking penny store. Everything was a fucking penny. I am really, truly sure of my age. Damn, it was right around the corner too. Don't forget. <laughs> Yo, it was so crazy because we had a neighborhood bum. I don't remember his name, but he was mad cool. So one day, I was like, you know, I got a quarter. Quarter back then was a lot of money. I was like, ooh, I'm going to the store. I'm going to the bodega. But the bodega was across the street. So I had to go across the street. The neighborhood bum was right there. So I asked him. I said, right, whatever his name was, but we're going to call him Bob. Bob the bum. And I was like, Bob, can you cross me across the street? So he looked. I looked. And he said, okay go. Man, listen, before I knew it, this motherfucking car came around the corner speeding like a motherfucker and hit me. I flew in the air back to the ground and 
uh, again, like I said, when it took a village, everybody came to my aid. My mom's was, you know, back then, I don't, there was no like cell phones or anything, but they got in contact with my mom and, you know, my mom came and I was in the hospital. I broke my leg and whoo, did I feel her wrath? No, she didn't beat me. She didn't beat me, but shit, she was very angry at me. And that's one of the things that I loved about her because in each, every time I did something, anything, whether it was right or wrong, she always explained a lesson learned to me. And she, and that day she told me, well, not that day, but when I was laid up in the fucking, you know, cast, she told me that day, you know, never, why, why the fuck would you ask a bum for money? And she cussed. That's probably why I coward is cussing for him. But she asked me, she said, why do you, why did you ask him for money? Let me tell you something. You don't ask nobody for shit. Okay. Because they always going to want something in return. And that was everything she did. Everything I did was always a lesson. You know, she scolded me. She yelled at me, but she always told me right from wrong. The consequences behind my actions, the consequences behind my decisions. Like she always expressed to me what not to do and when why not to do it you know and and in that moment she told me never ask nobody for nothing because they're always going to want something in return you know what I mean and always have your own never depend on nobody and ever since then that's something I try to live by you know there's a, there's a difference between you know swallowing your pride and, and and asking for help and there's another difference than just you know asking somebody because you just want to ask them so I say all that to say that each each situation that I've ever endured in my childhood while she was alive always was a lesson learned. I recall, um, you know, we used to, when she used to cook, she always used to sp- uh, play Spanish music and stuff. One of her favorite songs was, um, Suavamente, Pesame. I don't know the rest of the words, but I have the song in my playlist. <laughs> and she used to blast it and and she used to drink her her, her Heineken's that was her favorite get the fuck out of here yo I just had an epiphany wow Heineken's is my favorite beer that's fucking amazing I swear on everything I love that just just hit me like that was I got pictures of her with a Heineken that's crazy anyway off tangent so she used to blast the music and then she used to have a stool and I used to stand up on a stool and we used to cook together and we used to wash dishes together and we used to clean up together. And that was another thing. My mom had OCD, man. She was a clean fanatic, okay? Every Saturday we had to clean house. That means cupboards, everything. So, you know, and always whenever we did anything together, she used to just talk to me, man. She always got in my head, you know what I mean? And she used to just tell me things. And it was just amazing that the things that she used to tell me saved my life to this day. Made, you know, even though I had a lot of obstacles in my life, you know, I, you know, I was raped. I was in and out of foster care, group homes. Uh, this is so much. Ah, I try not to get choked up up in this motherfucker. But anyway, so... Those lessons that she always embedded in me saved my life. I can honestly, honestly, honestly tell you that. And I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. 
she was a very strong, strong woman. So for a time being, it was just my mom and I, and it was beautiful. Then she met someone, and um, of course, you know, there was nice in the beginning, and um, eventually he moved in. Eventually she got pregnant. And, you know, he was my dad. You know, it was, that's all the, that was the only dad I ever known. I never knew my dad. You know, she never really spoke about him until I got a little older. And that's when she was going to give me information on him when I turned 16. But, of course, she never made it. And who knows where my mom's stuff is at. Because no sooner than she died, everybody ransacked the house. They took her clothes, the jewelry, furniture. And... I ain't get nothing, you know, but it is, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, so she met my sister's father. And like I said, for a time being, it was good. And, you know, my mom's never graduated high school or anything. And she went back to school and she always expressed to me the importance of education, the importance of education. So she went back to school while she was pregnant and I was left home with this motherfucker. And he used to drink. And, um, my room was like, I had a big bed and I love stuffed animals. Stuffed animals was my best friend. I just love stuffed animals. I had every fucking stuffed animal imaginable. Okay. And they became my outing. You know, they became my out because when he started touching me and hitting me and everything and you know threatening me of course telling me if I said anything you know he hurt my mom and the baby when she she was pregnant and so I didn't say anything and my girlfriend her name was Mary oh oh about about to say names that's a no no anyway it was my mom's friend's daughter right and it was my my friend and I used to love when she used to come over and shit. And I had this plastic belt that had colorful colorful butterflies throughout the belt. I loved that belt. That was my favorite fucking belt. So when she came over, he just couldn't do anything to me. So you would think, right? So anyway, this motherfucker, man, he be, he was eating. And back then, you know, you had those little tables. You, you sit at the couch and you sit down or whatever and... He used to call me and he'd be like, go wash your hands and your face. And I'd go wash my hands and my face. And Mary, yeah, da, 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 about to state the name again. My friend used to come in the bathroom with me and she used to wash my hands and my face because she's seen how he used to hit me. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just me washing my hands and my face. She washed my hands and my face. So now I go and he's like, come, let me see. Now, mind you, this motherfucker's eating pork chops, greasy food and stuff with his hands and shit. So he go ahead and take his thumb and go against my face. And calls me a fucking liar and slaps me so hard I fall to the floor. Marianne picks me up and we run to the bathroom to wash my hands and my face again. And we go to my room. And, um... I knew what was coming after that, you know, once Marianne left. I knew he was going to hit me with that, my favorite belt. He made my favorite belt my worst nightmare. 
So what? Did I say that? Did I say her name? I think I just said her name. Oh shit. Scratch that out. I'm gonna edit that. I'm gonna edit it. <laughs> so anyway, so she and I took, she, he used to, he used to, you know, beat me with that belt and my favorite belt became my fucking hated that belt. So you know what we did? We hid it. We hid the belt from him. Ooh, he was. My bad. Uh, the timer went off and my daughter called me to let me know and messed up the damn episode. So this is going to be part two of six. <laughs> so where was I? I was at the belt situation. So anyway, so we hit the belt. That motherfucker was so mad. Oh my God. I swear to God, you wish you guys could have seen his face. Yo, I got one up on him. I had, yo, I swear to God, I didn't give a fuck how the fuck he, whatever the fuck he did to me, I didn't give a fuck. He wasn't getting that belt. It was like, it was like, I don't even know the word. Oh, it was just sweet fucking revenge. He couldn't get that fucking belt. He could not take that belt. He couldn't find the motherfucker. Ooh, when I tell you that was a, oh, that was a victory, man. You don't understand that shit was fucking beautiful, man. Ah, man, listen, I wonder whoever got that place found that damn belt, man. It's a pretty belt. It was clear, colorful butterflies all around it. Just love that you can wear it with anything. Anyway, anyway, so, yeah, I, I, I dealt with the abuse for quite some time, and um, one day, you know, he go, he went out, and I was in the house, and I was doing my homework, and I heard footsteps coming up, and you know, it's amazing how sometimes things just take over you. Like, you just don't know why. You just, normally this is something that you wouldn't do. You know what I mean? And this, in this situation, it was something I normally wouldn't do. So I heard the footsteps. So I ran in my room and I ran in my closet and I pulled down all the clothes off the racks, off the hangers. And I, I fell into a fetal position and I just hid there. And then the door opens. And I knew I heard my mom's voice calling me. You know, they used to call me Tanita. And I knew she was calling me. But I thought it was a trick. It's just amazing that the shit that go in a kid head. You know what I mean? I was like, nah, he's trying to trick me. (laughs) He's trying to get me. You know what I mean? So I went and come out the closet. And she's calling for me. She's calling for me. And... I guess I must have moved, made a noise, something. So she came in and she opened the closet. And when she opened up the closet, I just started bugging the fuck out. I mean, when I tell you I started bugging the fuck out, I bugged the fuck out. I started swinging. I started fighting. I was screaming, no more, no more, no more. Like, it was like, like, force just from the pit of my fucking stomach said no more I'm not doing it no more and my mom held me so tight and sorry my mom held me so tight she was rocking back and forth Rock it back and forth. And all I all I heard all I heard all I heard her say 
to me. Ooh. I'm so sorry, Tanita. I'm so sorry, Tanita. I'm so sorry, Tanita. There was never a question. It was like she automatically knew. So, <clears throat> so, I guess eventually he came in, right? <laughs> when I tell you, yo, my mom jumped on top of that motherfucker. She started scratching that nigga face. She started beating his ass. She was throwing pots. I mean, when I tell you, my mom, man, listen, my mom could throw down. She was fucking that nigga up, and he was trying. And then, of course, I'm, like, hitting on him. <laughs> uh, my neighbor came. Yeah, oh, about to say, Nate. <laughs> My mom's the neighbor across the street. She used to wear these big ass bifocals. We used to call them Coca Cola uh, glasses because them shits was mad thick. She came and shit. Everybody ran him out the house. And um, he was gone. For, for the time being, at least, you know. Um, damn, I kind of fast forward a little bit. At this time, my, 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 um, my mom already had my sister. Uh, my my bad. I just totally skipped that fucking part, right? I think my sister was still a baby. I think she was probably like a year or two old. So this has been going on going on for quite some time. Oh damn. Anyway, so yeah, she was already born. You know, she was there. I I loved her though. That was my sister. You couldn't tell me nothing about my baby sister. I was the big sister. You know what I mean? She was a brat, though. I ain't gonna hold you. She was a little fucking brat, yo. Yo, my God, I used to... Oh, she used to get on my fucking nerves. Anyway, because, you know, she was the little sister. She was the baby. But anyway. So, he gone. And I'm feeling relieved, you know? I'm feeling like, yes, like, I don't have to be scared all the time. I don't have to be on guard all the time. I can finally, finally sleep. Oh, I can finally close my eyes and I can finally sleep peacefully knowing that I'm going to be safe. So I go to school the next day or a couple of days after that, I believe. I start coming home from school and all I see is in the window garbage bags, like them big, heavy-duty garbage bags in the window. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I right, go inside, and she's like, we're leaving, Tanita, we're leaving. We gotta go, we gotta go. So I don't know. I don't know why we had to leave. I don't know if there was any, she, he was threatening her. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But that, in that moment... My life, my childhood was gone. You know, we moved around quite some time. We moved around from hotel to friend's house, friend's house to hotels. And it was, it was, it was, um, I wouldn't wish that on no kid. You know what I mean? And the silver lining was that I had my mom. I did. I would go to hell and back with my mom. No problem. No questions asked. But that's what it was. It was hell. There was no stability. You know what I mean? I, I believe I mentioned in my previous uh, 
episodes that, you know, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and moving around and not being in a stable environment to go to school, build relationships and everything was hard. It was hard. Uh, It was hard. So, you know, we start moving around, going back and forth, going back and forth. And, um, it was, it was, um, it was the life I lived at that time. And it's amazing. I can't, I can't tell you around how old I was. I was young. I was young. I was young. I was young. I don't remember. Yo, you know, it's amazing how sometimes you remember certain shit and certain shit you just don't remember. It's like, it's amazing. It's just fucking amazing. Anyway, so that was the beginning of the venture of me out there with my mom going from place to place. And at one point we landed at her friend's house and um, her friend had three boys The oldest boy, um, he took me to the bathroom. He hit me on my head. He told me to do what I had That was the second time, you know? First was my my dad. The only dad I know. And now it's this motherfucker. It was like I was a magnet for this shit that happened to me. Anyway. Of course, after that, I told my mom and we left, and now we're in a shelter. And these shelters back then was not good, man. It was not good. You had to be careful, man. It was like, it was bad. It was bad, you know. But I survived. Made me who I am today. I'm gonna end this episode here because whoa, whoa, like whoo, emotions, emotions. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to end this episode like this. Listen, when you have kids, listen to your kids, man. One thing also, before, yeah, I'm going to end this with this one. I'll never forget the first time I met one of my uncles. And this is, this is fast forwarding right before she died, okay? I met my, one of my uncles and, you know, he was sitting down and I ran in between his legs to give him a hug. And he puts me on his lap. And my mom was like, get off of him. And got, I got in trouble. So I'm not understanding why I got in trouble. So her, my mom and my uncle are arguing, you know, like, that's my niece. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And she's like, no, 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 da, 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 da. And then later on, like I said, every time, every fucking time, I never go, well, when I tell you, there was never a situation that never happened that she never came back and spoke to me. And that's why I try to do that with my kids. You know what I mean? So after everything calmed down, after everybody left or whatever, she came to me and she said, listen, Tanya, 
you never run in between no man's legs. Because at the end of the day, they are man. You are a young girl. You have to carry yourself as such. You know what I mean? You don't sit on no man's lap. He ain't your, he, he, you don't, you just don't do that. Men sometimes can be, you know, evil predators, you know, and they can do things to little girls. And of course, she mentions, you know, my dad and, you know, my mom's friend's son and stuff like that. And, and, and it was just like, wow, I didn't think of it like that, you know? It was just, she always spoke life lessons to where I can understand, to where I could comprehend. And I'm going to leave you with this. You have kids, listen to your kids, watch their body language, watch them around people. I'm not saying their uncles or their brothers or anybody going to do anything to them. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is teach your kids at a very young age, man. They can understand. You're their mom. Speak to them. Let them know that life out there is hard. People are evil. People can be evil. People are predators. You know, like, speak to your fucking kids. Because let me tell you something. Back then, social media wasn't a a thing back then. You know what I mean? So, it was... It was, it's worse right now. They have so much information in their fingertips and they so, what's the word? They out there on social media. They, they, they go on, they, they, I can't even fucking talk. That's how passionate I am about it. So let me slow down. Right now it's worse. They have everything they need at their fingertips. Social media, social outlets, people outside influences, influencing your kids. So if you do not have a good influence on your kid, if you do not speak to them about uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable conversations, about sex, about boys, about girls, about sexually transmitted disease, about predators, people lying, saying that they they this way and they really that way, you know, teaching them how to look for signs and things like that. Put that in your kid's head. Talk to them now. They are smart. When they do something wrong, just don't hit them or, or, or spank them or put them on timeout. And then that's it. When they're done with that and everything is calm, talk to them. Say, do you know why mommy or daddy or whoever, do you know why I did that? Because, baby, you can't do that. You will hurt yourself. And, you know, let's say, for instance, they touch a stove or they try to touch a stove and you smack their hand. And you go, no, and they start crying. And you tell them, go in that room or whatever the hell. I don't know. Making them top the, uh, you know, scenario up. And you go back and you talk to them. Say, mommy don't never want to hurt you. Mommy don't never want to see you hurt. So mommy has to protect you. You can't touch that because you're going to get hurt. Show them pictures. Show them pictures. Scare the fuck out of them. I mean, you know, to a certain degree. But that's what I do with my kids with the sexually transmitted diseases. I show them all those sexually transmitted diseases. Because, yo, out there, somebody's going to tell them something different. So if they're going to learn something, they're going to learn the right way. And I'm going to always have their best interests at heart. So I'm going to end this episode like that. I hope I wasn't rambling. Like I said, I usually write shit down. But today I just felt like I just want to fucking speak. And yo, why not? It's my fucking podcast. (laughs) I love you guys, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of the week to come. 
And I'll talk to y'all on midweek incentive. I love you guys. Have a good night. Bye.